Hello and welcome back to the Villa Villa podcast. Again, it's the morning after the night before and I'm here as always with my good friend Dan Wiseman. Dan, Aston Villa nil, Wolverhampton Wanderers nil. First of all, mate, how are you doing? I'm not too bad, mate. How are you? Uh, we've been better. We've been better, but you know, that's got nothing to do with the football because, you know, that's kind of, I feel like that's left us relatively uh, upbeat after the Sheffield United defeat, Dan. Obviously, a draw isn't ideal with any circumstances, but I think Tyrone really, for me, hit the nail on the head with his tweet. It wasn't bad and it wasn't good. It's okay to have these kind of games, I think, is the message to take away from this. Um, Obviously, Dan, very cliche, but a game of two halves. It's been thrown about all over Twitter, but I feel like, and if I remember, I will put this little um, form... Uh, chart on on the screen right now is it really was a game of two halves. Villa really dominated this opening 45, which is, um, for me, I think quite positive, actually, because I'd say the past three or four games, we haven't really seen that from Villa. And, and when we went on this magnificent sort of run in December and early on in the season, we were getting goals early in the first half and we were very efficient in our performance. And I feel like we were... We were, you know, five or ten percent away from that. Obviously, would work uh, preventing that for, for, for Villa uh, in on many occasions last night. Um, so there are positives to take away from this game, aren't there, Dan? Yeah, for sure. And I think that's what we need to look at today, mate. I think there's a number of ways that you can look at this game, but I think you know, if we're all being um, sort of level-headed, and I think uh, yet again we've been benefited by recording this the day after the game because um, my views on it have changed a little bit, and I think that there's definitely plenty of positive things to look at, and I think defensively there is again um, that strength that we had yesterday that's been there in so many different games this season. I think that's probably where we can have the most discussion today because it's another clean sheet for the Villa, and Emmy only needs one more clean sheet and hope for that these two other sides can see goals because so he's, he's one clean sheet behind the two leaders that are in the race for the European Golden Glove at the moment, which wow. is just absolutely crazy. You know, Emmy's on 14 and two fantastic goalkeepers lead the way. So uh, with 15, we've got Manchester City's Edison um, and Lille's Mike Magnon who lead the race. And obviously those two sides, Lille and Man City, are currently both top of their respective leagues. And so to have Emmy go and t- you know, tip a tap with those guys and being only one behind them, you never know what can happen between the end of the season. You know, we we unfortunately assume that Lille are going to fall off at the top of the uh, league and that PSG will resume their rightful place at the top of that tree. Man City will probably win the Premier League, but who knows if they can see a couple more goals along the way, then Emmy could end up with a European Golden Glove. And um, that's where the positives lie yesterday, because yesterday, if nothing else, we took another step towards that. Yeah, and I think as well, I, th- uh, for, I think it's fair to say without Grealish, Bertrand wasn't on it. You know, we spoke about that off air, Dan, last night. Bertrand didn't have the best of games. Uh, Ollie Watkins, absolutely fantastic. Sometimes it's unfortunate he can't buy a goal for me. That is, that's nothing to do with his ability. That's just sheer luck. Um, I mean, hitting the, hitting the woodwork yesterday, Ollie, Ollie Watkins has now hit the post the most times out of any player in the league so far this season with seven, which is, I mean, you can't say that's, that's not a bad fact. This isn't like, you know, this isn't like Timo Werner bad luck, but this is, this is quite unfortunate for our striker. But I think when, when everything's going well, uh, our, our front three, four, five, however you want to look at it, 
very fluid, score plenty of goals, can kill teams off on the counter-attack in an instant. And it's brilliant. But, you know, it's that old cliche, goals don't win you titles, defences do. And obviously we're not in a title race, but, <laughs> you know, we're not even in the European race anymore. But having that defensive solidarity that we haven't had for years, you've just got to think back then. We appointed Steve Bruce to get Villa out of the championship, who's a very good organiser, very good defensive coach. Think of how many goals we conceded in the last mm -hmm. 10 minutes under Steve Bruce, under Roberto Di Matteo, and even under Smith in the early days. It's actually night and day how uh, Villa were, you know, even last season defensively compared to this season. That's something really to be proud of. And we really do have to give a shout out to Tyrone Mings, Dan, because again, mm -hmm. he's another person who has received criticism. You know, we've criticised at times. Uh, we feel like some of the comments at times have been, you know, a bit needless, let's say, to say the least. That's caused a, that's caused a bit of a drama in the comments before, so we don't want to really get into too much of that. But our, you know, that that three at the back of Mings, Concer, and Emmy, that little triangle, you know, and, and of course, Target has been wonderful. Elmo got away with just being Elmo yesterday, really. Um, no scapegoating, no scapegoating at all. Um, but that little that little trio, two centre backs and the goalkeeper, worth its weight in gold, Dan. We've not had such oh, a reliable little defensive triangle. For, for God knows how long, Dan. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And I think the one thing that has really stood out to me is Emmy just wins us so many points on his own. We've really got him to thank. And, you know, it's, it's not like yesterday or in other games. It's sort of been, um, you know, you think back to the Brighton game and games yeah. like that, just on so many occasions where Emmy single-handedly has kept Villa out of the last column and put us into the wins. And it's only really now that you realise that perhaps a lot of the problems that Villa have had in recent years, especially defensively, have been down to a lack of a quality goalkeeper. I think last season we had one in heats. I, I really do. And I, I, it's such a shame that he got the injury when he did. But, you know, and then, and, you know, it's not to say that Pepe Reina wasn't a, a good goalkeeper, but he, he was, he had his, you know, real moments. But I think ultimately... Villa have made less changes to a starting eleven than any other team in Europe's top five leagues. I think we fielded like 21 players or something this year, which is absolutely like ridiculously Mental. minimalist approach. But what it means is that, again, positives and negatives can be taken from that. And I think we've discussed both sides of that coin in recent podcasts. Dan. But what that means is that in a defensive sense, I think that's where you see the positive because Emmy is always there no matter what. And then you've got Tyrone, and Esri, who are stalwarts in that back line. And when you build that consistency, I think that's what we were missing last year. I think if you had Tom Heaton for a whole season or Pepe Reina for a whole season, then I, you know, I think you, you start to build something like that. But I think the reason why we had so many defensive problems last year uh, was because there was just so much chopping and changing in the back line. I mean, it seems crazy to think that, that last season we were playing Esri concert right back, doesn't it? Yeah, it feels like a year ago. Um, well, I mean, it was, was yeah. It's um, but it that consistency in that back line is is really starting to help Villa because those guys look like they've been playing together for like years and years and years, and we're finally really starting to see the fruits of that. Whereby those three combined with Roman Sice have kept Villa another clean sheet. Oh my god, mate, that was unbelievable uh, when you yeah. when you sent me that photo and when i've obviously seen that back i how how on earth did size miss that it's I have uh, no idea i mean it's one of them ones isn't it you have to ride your luck in these kind of games you gotta also there's only so much you can really do and um i think there's going to be no one who's more disappointed with himself 
than size for missing that chance. That was a big opportunity to really turn the tide of the game. I feel like if either side would have got a goal, then momentum will heavily swing. We've seen when Villa have obviously conceded a goal, they've not gone and won a game. So yep. it's really important to keep that clean sheet. And it's a point that I made in the preview. Um, I didn't quite nail it correctly. It sounded stupid. I said, if you if you score and Villa clean a clean sheet, then they'll win the game, obviously. Uh, what I was referring to was the fact that Villa have only conceded once, uh, twice, sorry, in their 12 wins in the Premier League. The rest of them we haven't conceded, um, which is a remarkable feat to go 11 games without conceding a goal uh, mm, in, in sure. 11 wins. That is... It's truly special. And there was this uh, talk, and of course it would never happen, of, of Emmy potentially having British citizenship. Could you imagine if he opted to play for England and we got Scenes. we got that back four of Cash, <laughs> Target, Mings, Concer and Emmy as, as, as England's defensive line? It would be amazing. Bring it on, um, bring it on. I, I want to see him play for Argentina, though. I want to see him. I think... Yeah, yeah, for sure. He deserves it. It makes such a difference, as you say, Dan, because I think as well... With Pepe Reina, fantastic goalkeeper. Obviously, he had his moments. Uh, we won't talk about Leicester away because I still have nightmares. But I think Emmy, there's there's a there's a difference in mentality. Pepe Reina, he's he's kind of done it. He's conquered everything. I think he came in and he, he does have this uh, winner's mentality, which is really important. But co- uh, comparing that to Emmy, he had he came to Villa with a massive point to prove. He's been sent out on about eight loans. He's played for Wolves. You know, he, he, he's gone out, he's played for Redden. He's been here, there and everywhere. Sheffield Wednesday, trying to get game time so desperately to get into this Arsenal team. Was afforded his chance at the expense of, uh, of Bernd Leno after Neil Morpai. Was, it, it was Morpai, wasn't it? Um, brought him down in, in Project Restart. There was a, there was a yeah. disappointment there. Uh, he took that chance, you know, with both hands really stood out as, as Arsenal's goalkeeper during Project Restart and was was essentially told, listen, you're not the number one yet, which is amazing. I really can't believe that. That's no disrespect to Bernd Leno. He's a fantastic goalkeeper, but we're really just talking about the, the, the quality, the calibre of a goalkeeper that Emi is. And he's come to Villa with a point to prove. And you can just tell from his mentality, like he's a winner, he's elite. And that is so important to have in the dressing room. Because I feel like last season, the dressing room was this kind of really sort of mopey, depressing um, space. I think uh, we obviously had a good group of lads, but when you're not winning, it's, it's kind of difficult. And I think, you know, it's mm-hmm. night and day in terms of uh, the output you see from players, the interviews, uh, even, you know, someone like Grealish, the amount of stuff he's coming out and saying about how much of a, of a good season Villa are having, how great the dressing room is. That's really important. And Emmy's, I say, Emmy's attitude for me is top notch. He's an absolute elite level goalkeeper, undoubtedly going to be one of the best goalkeepers in the world within the next five years. He's, he's coming to that age now where goalkeepers start to you know play regularly. Not a lot of them get bloodied in at a young age. Hopefully, over the five years I've just alluded to, Dan, you know, he, he's helping Villa win some silverware. That's the dream. That's the dream. But no, he, he's probably been the player of the year, I think it's fair to say, in terms Sign of the player of the, year of the as season. Well. 100% across the Premier League. He's he's just been fantastic. And there's been some really interesting trends with Emmy's goalkeeping in that the amount of work that he has to do, you know, you sort of look at Edison and the amount of, you know, he's obviously kept that one more clean sheet than Emmy this season. But it's more that back line as a unit that earns Man City those clean sheets. You don't often see 
Edison having to have those games like Emmy did at Brighton and like he did yesterday yeah. where he's clawing shuts out the goal in order to earn Man City a clean sheet. That's more of a collective effort, whereas you do get the feeling, in not in all games, certainly, but in some games that they are Emmy's clean sheets. You know, yeah. like he's the one that's worked for them. Yesterday it was a case of that. Yeah, exactly. Another game like that, mate. Very well said. Um, there are so many games this season where you do feel like the, the defence necessarily, you know, didn't have much wrong. And look, you know, people are giving Elmo credit for a performance that he, he put in yesterday, you know, giving him a lot of praise, saying he played well. I think the, the back line played well yesterday. I'd say Tyrone was the standout defender in there. I don't quite buy into the fact that Elmo had a great game. I think Adama was terrible. You know, I think a, a lot of people yeah. are saying that uh, Elmo sort of sewed up Adama and put him in. But, you know, Elmo played well defensively, but you can't credit a fullback well nowadays unless they do stuff at both. You've got to be a good two-way fullback to have a good game, I think, yeah. nowadays. And there was an XG of zero going down Villa's right-hand side. And so how well you can credit a fullback for having a good game when they've created literally nothing going down that right <laughs> side? I, I mean, I don't know. Um, but no, I think the one thing that you, you can look at with this game, mate, is that there's a lot of interesting trends between our games with Wolves at the moment. Um, so Wolves have now kept four consecutive clean sheets at Villa Park in games. So we haven't scored in, in, against Wolves at Villa in four games now, which is pretty poor, really. Mental. Um, and then you know, also, this is a you know a bit of a sidestep, but Wolves haven't won on a Saturday this season. That's that's crazy. That's crazy. And and yeah, speaking of Saturday stats, Dan Villa haven't conceded a goal on Saturday. Shout yeah, out well, to Matt Mayer for that. We actually have the best win rate. Uh, in the league on Saturdays, we won seventy five percent of our games on Saturdays. Before that was before we Saturday, Saturday three o'clock kickoffs back down. Let's have them. Let's have them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the worrying trend now, mate, and, and this is what, where we go from one into the pitch to the other is that Villa have now failed to score more than once in any of their last eight games, uh, and we've only managed five goals in that time. And I think the reason that why we're we're missing that is because obviously before he got injured, we've seen teams start to figure out how they can stop Jack. But here's a, a very interesting stat for you. And I think this is what we're missing in games like yesterday and in games like Sheffield United is those times where Jack just car- like physically drags the ball with him into the box, yeah. tries to set up a t- teammate. And that ability just to drift past one or two players instead of having to try and formulate the triangles and the passing sequences that get you into those positions. Just having a Jack Grealish who has carried the ball into the penalty area 75 times this season. The next player in Europe's top five leagues in that stat league is Kylian Mbappe, who has 54... <laughs> So Jeez. Jack's just the 21 ahead in that instance. You know, he's done it 20 more times than the likes of Kylian Mbappe. After that, you've got Raheem Sterling on 47. So he's almost done it twice as many times as Raheem Sterling. Um, and you're really missing that in, in games like yesterday and in games like on Wednesday. And I feel like when the attack isn't quite operating at full capacity, that ability can't be underestimated, can it? No, it really can't. And listen, looking at the, at the heat maps, um, of the action, you know, Adama as you say, wasn't that effective. But surprisingly, I, I, you know, I highlighted in the preview, if Wolves want to get anything from this game, you target al Mohamedi. but most of their attacks really did come from their right-hand side, which to me seems really confusing. Maybe they haven't scouted Matt Target since last season. I mean, we all know what happened with Matt Target at Molyneux last season. Um, again, less said about that, the better, because he is, this is, this is like Roberto Carlos at left-back now. Um, it really is night and day, the difference. But Dan, uh, interestingly, what you know, what I've seen here, the XG, and you've brought it up before me, so well done, Dan. I'm proud of you. Um, 
XG for Aston Villa, no, uh, 1.06. Uh, and for Wolves, 2.44. Now, of that 2.44, 0.93 is accounted for Romain Sice's, um, I want to say clearance. Let's call it a clearance. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's what it was, wasn't it? You can't call it a shot. No. Um, which, you know, again, that lends itself to the fact that the defence was fantastic. Um, and it's really important when you're under the cosh. You know, XG is very telling. And of course, you can interpret, you know, people who aren't as familiar with it will, you know, look at Brighton being fourth in the XG league and be like, oh, yeah, well, you know, it's Brighton. They're like they're 16th. It doesn't matter. It does. Especially if you're a team like Villa. Mm-hmm. Dean relies heavily unexpected goals and we've even got Jack Grealish just casually dropping expected assists in interviews with Harry Pinero you know so you know student of the game this this stuff matters it really does he's Jack's beating his expected assists which is it's amazing it's amazing and it was it was nice to see him there as well it's nice to see when the players are injured um that they're actually in attendance I know Courtney wasn't there which is a shame you know we, we both like Courtney Dan but it seems like he can't really buy his way into this team at the moment uh, or, or, or even match his squad. Where's Bjorn at, man? Where, I've, I've where big is he? Tin, tin full hat on, mate. I don't, I don't think Dean likes him. No. Allegedly. I, I, well, I think... I want to get I sued here. I know. I, I think you're completely right, mate, but it, it is interesting as to how he's just seemed to, seemingly fallen off a cliff. In terms I see. Of I think Bjorn would, would really actually slot into this side very well. And of course, you don't want Esri or Ty to go anywhere. But I think the Mingles partnership from early on in uh, last season, Dan, we we really spoke about that a lot and how that was was blossoming. And I think with a um, with how solid Emmy is, um, listen, Bjorn isn't blessed with pace by any means, but I think it's um, I think he'd start into the side well if he needed to. Um, but listen, Dan, even you know, Conte hit the post as well, didn't he? Conte the bar, sorry. Yeah. Um, so chances are coming from other places. Esri hasn't scored a goal in a while. It's disappointing. Villa have actually, I believe, won um, the highest amount of set pieces in the Premier League. But we haven't, we've we've, uh, converted the least amount of chances in the league from set pieces. Well done. It's not very good, uh, especially given the aerial prowess of Ty and Mings. Uh, sorry, mm-hmm. Ty is Ty is Mings. What am I on about? Ty and Concert. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can tell I'm not having, I'm not having a good day today. Um, especially you know with, with JT a lot was said about JT last season from us Dan in terms of defensively but uh, you know we can see the fruits of his labour are clearly paying off um, with the likes of Esri and uh, and Ty and Mings apparently according to me um, but listen Dan that was uh, as, again to repeat what I said at the top of the podcast it's okay to have these kind of games especially as I say the XG heavily stacked against us size missing that set Cody had a very good chance as well he was uh, given who scored Man of the match. He's in very good form at the moment. Obviously, he scored against Manchester City in the previous game. And Dan, I think this this actually this sets us up very nicely because we have Newcastle next, and they are currently just finishing up against West Brom. And I'm just trying to find the score here. I think um, it's nil nil. Nil 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 on the 86th minute. So listen, Newcastle at the moment they. Absolutely, they they can't buy a win either. They're without uh, Miguel Almiron and uh, Saint Maximin for at least until April. And if West Brom can get a late goal here, Newcastle are really in trouble. Uh, this is an opportunity. Villa have to really go for the jugular. Hopefully, Jack Grealish is back. It was nice to see him in the stands. Uh, you know, yeah. Uh, again, just being there. Hopefully, I mean, I think Dean said that he spoke to Jack before the game, and Jack said if he's on the grass. 
then he's playing and Dean said, well, listen, mate, I'm going to have to pick you first. Um, so, you know, it sounds positive. We don't really hear a lot about these injuries, which is incredibly frustrating, Dan, mm-hmm. as a Villa fan. Um, but I understand with the FPL league, with everything like that, you know, Villa have got to keep their cards close to their chest. But Dan, with Newcastle coming up, how are you feeling about this one? I know you're going to preview this in a couple of days' time in under 150 seconds. I feel like if if Villa are to really kick on and just have a positive end to the season, because let's just put it, let's just put to bed our European football aspirations. West Ham are doing the most. Leicester are doing very well. I'm sure um, Tottenham and Arsenal will potentially pick up form as well. So there's, there's so many people who are who are gunning for not even um, champ, uh, Champions League, but you know the Europa League spots. It's going to be very tough. Um, but I think just to to, to finish the season off, obviously Sanson started yesterday, which is really positive. We had a handful of academy lads on the bench as well, which is, again, great. I think now it's just kind of adjust to life after, after Ross Barkley, get Sanson playing these games, see if you can get a couple of the youngsters in and we'll see how we can set up for next season, Danny. Is, is that fair? Yeah, I, I, look, mate, I think this season has been excellent. It's really hard, you know, sometimes you lose sight of that in recent weeks, don't you, with, with yeah. the downturn. But, you know, imagine if someone had showed to you, you know, at the start, at the end of last season, that not only would we have stayed in the league, but we'd be, what, we are three points behind Liverpool, who are in seventh, we're in a game in hand, we're sandwiched in between Spurs and Arsenal, we've kept as many clean sheets as we have. Ollie Watkins has had a fine form, you think how well all the new lads have stepped in. It's been a great season. And look, I think Villa, the, you know, Purely for cardiac reasons, I think Villa fans just deserve a car into the season. <laughs> Yesterday, yeah. we hit that, you know, that fabled 40-point mark. So between now and the end of the season, it's really just about Villa just trying to show what they can do. The, the weight is off. And I mean, in the last three seasons, it's really come down to a do-or-die crunch match at the end of the year. It really has. West Ham in the two playoff finals before that. And look, we, we go into this game against Newcastle. It's one of those where if we have Jack back, I think it looks positive. If we don't, it'll just make it very difficult. And I think the last two games will probably continue that trend. But, you know, it's something I'll look look to in my preview. But Dan, just before we round things up, I, I want to end something that I've just literally just has come up on my Twitter feed. And I have to share it with you because it's really made me smile. So yesterday, an 18-year-old Thomas Angel scored his first senior goal for Atletico Nacional, the same club that his father, Juan Pablo Angel, debuted for in 1993. Sign him up, Dean. Get him signed. Get the headband on and everything. Congrats to the Angel family, man. That really made me smile. Um, That was really nice news. And yeah, so it's... um, Look, come on. Let's keep our chins up, Villa fans. It's been a really great season. And I think it's also important to highlight that, you know, just before I hand it back to you, that I saw James Rushton tweet today and he made a very good point that other teams are having similar problems to we are in the positions around us. And I think in terms, you can look at that in a few ways, but I just want to focus in terms of how those teams get on without their star men. You know, you take yeah. Grealish out this Villa side and they struggle, but Spurs are sat one place above us. If you take Kane and Son out of that team, we've seen them struggle this season. You know, we've got Wolves in 12th, just a few points below us. If you take Jimenez out that side, you've seen how they've struggled. Palace are uh, a spot below them. If you take Zahar out that team, we've seen them struggle. Southampton are the same with Danny Ings. Yeah. You know, the, the teams that are packed around us in the Premier League suffer from very similar problems to, to us. These are just the ebbs and flows of football. I don't think we should be too critical. And let's just enjoy the ride. Absolutely, man. That's a great note to end the podcast on. So if you guys did enjoy it, please leave a like. Comment your thoughts below. How are you feeling after that game? And what are your previews and predictions? 
for the upcoming game against Newcastle. It's nice that the players have got a bit of a break going ahead into this one. So hopefully the boys can get the job done. And if you haven't, please subscribe. We're 25 subscribers off 4,000, which is is mental. Honestly, this season has been wonderful. Yeah. Your guys' support has truly been appreciated. And if we can hit that milestone, that would be absolutely amazing. So as I said, if you enjoyed the video, hit the like button, comment your thoughts below and subscribe for more. Up the villa.